This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. The Heartland Institute released a poll in December 2023 that caused a media earthquake. We commissioned Rasmussen to ask likely voters who mailed in their ballots in 2020 if they committed voter fraud. Well, we didn't ask it in quite that way. We asked questions such as, during the 2020 election, did you fill out a ballot in part or in full on behalf of a friend or family member, such as a spouse or a child? That is voter fraud. That is a crime. And 21% of likely voters said yes. We also asked, did you cast a mail-in ballot in a state where you are no longer a permanent resident? 17% of likely voters said yes. That is voter fraud. That is a crime. We also asked, did you sign a ballot or a ballot envelope on behalf of a friend or family member with or without his or her permission? Again, that is about as clear as it gets when it comes to committing the crime of voter fraud. But 17% of likely voters polled by the Heartland Institute and Rasmussen said yes, they did that. You can see the full poll at heartland.org to see all the questions and all the responses. They will likely shock you as much as they shocked us. Heartland got a ton of media attention for this blockbuster poll that changes the national conversation about the integrity of the 2020 election. It is no longer a conspiracy theory or misinformation when one in five voters in the 2020 election admit themselves to a pollster that they committed voter fraud. Even if they did it by accident or didn't know that these were illegal acts, those votes are not legitimate and should not have been counted. Heartland Institute Editorial Director Chris Talgo was a guest on Breitbart News Daily with Mike Slater to talk about the poll. This is a fascinating discussion in which Slater tries and fails to poke holes in the results of the poll playing devil's advocate. Have a listen. Welcome back to Breitbart News Daily. Thanks for being here. Uh, this was on Breitbart.com the other day. Uh, Donald Trump said this is the most important poll that's been done in 20 years. And like he might be right about that. Because if people are admitting to this, there's no way... Why would you admit to committing voter fraud in a poll if you didn't? I can't understand that motive unless you wanted to make it seem like other people committed voter fraud. So you admit to it so it amps up the numbers. I guess that would be your thought process. I don't see why anyone other than that, like why you would admit to voter fraud if you didn't. But, and, but I can definitely see why people who did commit voter fraud would not admit to it. So if anything, these numbers are low, what we're going to talk about here. But wait till you find out how many people admit to breaking the law when it came to the most secure election in American history. All right, uh, a day or two ago, Breitbart.com featured this survey from the uh, Heartland Institute and Rasmussen. 17% of mail-in voters admitted that in 2020, they voted in a state where they are no longer a permanent resident. That's a problem. 21% of mail-in voters admitted that they filled out a ballot for a friend or a family member. That's illegal. So is the other one. 17% of mail-in voters said they signed a ballot for a friend or family member with or without his or her permission. You definitely can't sign someone else's ballot. And 8% of likely voters said they were offered pay or a reward for voting in 2020. Okay, so before I get totally outraged about this, uh, I have a lot of questions. Chris Talgo is here. He's the executive director of the Heartland Institute. Chris, how are you, sir? 
I'm great. Hey, thanks for having me on. Hey, man, great to talk to you. So, uh, bef- again, before I go all in on this, uh, I have to be skeptical. So let me ask my, my skeptical questions. Uh, how did you come across these results? So we, uh, we polled over 1,000 American likely voters uh, from the uh, 2020 election, and uh, the responses just speak for themselves. You know, we were somewhat surprised by the, by the uh, you know, survey findings, but it also just you know, confirmed what I personally believed happened in the uh, 2020 election, which is when you mail out tens of millions of ballots, based on outdated and inaccurate voter rolls, you're probably going to have, you know, a substantial amount of voter fraud, which is what our poll shows. So a th- you asked 1,000 people, 1,085 people. Is that a normal, is that what polls normally are? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I'm mean, trying, that's I'm a trying, very I'm large to, sample size. Okay. I'm trying to poke holes in this, right? <laughs> just say so you no, know, because mm-hmm. I don't want to go in all, all of this and be made a fool. So I'm just, because this is like really big, this is a big deal. But if it comes out later that, oh, well, you know, you know, like what the left does, they'll like manipulate things and then, right. So I want to make sure we're on the up and up. So, sorry, I interrupted you. So 1,085 voters, that's a, that's a pretty good sample size for a poll? Very good sample size for a poll. Okay. What's a national likely voter? Well, it's someone who was uh, registered in the 2020 election and someone who, you know, just admits that they voted. And uh, one of the things that stood out to me was, you know, we waited a couple of years to do this poll. We didn't do it immediately after the 2020 election, because I personally think that people are going to be more prone to be honest a few years out than if we had done it in the immediate aftermath of the election. I think that's right. And one of the other things that I think is, you know, uh, adds, uh, you know, veracity to this poll is that these people have no reason to lie. Yeah. Yeah. Why would that? Yeah. Because I think I, generally, I think people answer polls. I don't know. I don't know how accurately people answer polls. Right. Because um, I think there's a lot of that in going into 2016 where they'd say, who are you voting for? And people said Hillary just because that was like the nice thing to say, <laughs> but they're really voting for Trump. Right. So, and who, who what's it to you? Got ran a person on the other side of the phone. Uh, but why would someone say I've, illegally fraudulently signed someone else's name on a ballot why would you why would you admit to that yeah yeah they what motivation would they have and just you know one other thing in the 2020 uh, democratic primary in uh, new york and pennsylvania for example 20 percent of their mail-in ballots were rejected for typical issues like lack of signature verification or, or other other problems so you know one of the things we know is that in general, 20% of mail-in ballots are rejected for you know plenty of reasons. So this actually does fall in line with the historical average that 20% of people who mail who uh, vote by mail, you know, tend to do it either fraudulently or not, you know, by the book. And in the 2020 election, the lead-up to it. Under the guise of the pandemic, we know that several states, several uh, governors and secretary of states changed the voting rules to do away with many of those hurdles that are necessary. Guard rules, you know, such as signature verification. So it makes sense that when you mass mail tens of millions of ballots to people, you know, who don't live in that state anymore or people who, um, you know, are dead, 
that many of those many of those ballots are going to come back, and you know once they're counted, they're counted. We'll never know. It's impossible to prove after the fact. Yes. Is there any way? All right, let, let's go through. All right, something. I got. I want to get back to them. Um, did you do it by phone? Is that how this one was done? Yes, by phone. Okay. Is that how we do it these days? These polls? Yes. Yep. Okay. What's the other way? What else? How else could you do a poll? Well, you could do it by internet. Yeah, that that seems less trustworthy to me. I guess. Yeah. I no, we 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 completely agree. You know, we we like doing polls. We do a couple per year, and uh, you know, doing it by phone is the you know best way to do it. Okay. Rasmussen is a very uh, you know, good organization. They do great polling. They are not a quote right wing, you know, organization by any means. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the second question was, who'd you vote for? Uh, and it's about split 45% Trump, 45% Biden. So that's interesting. Um, number three, did you vote with an absentee or mail-in ballot in 2020? 30% said yes. Is that about right? Yeah, so 30% said yes overall, but here's, here's the crux of the matter. Uh, and, you know, we verified this, uh, you know, with the uh, Cook Political Report and some other um, uh, websites. In the 2020 election, you know, we had more people vote by mail than any time in history. And the amount of Biden voters, the proportion of them who voted by mail dwarfed those who voted for President Trump by mail. 60% of Joe Biden's total voters voted by mail versus only 23% of Donald Trump voters. So even if you, even if you do say to yourself, okay, fine, maybe 20% of Trump voters who voted by mail also, you know, committed fraud. That's a fair assessment to make, but the Mm. sheer volume, you know, of Biden voters who voted by mail compared to Trump voters was, you know, a, a much higher percentage. So they don't cancel each other out. Yes. Give me those numbers one more time. What percentage of Trump voters or Biden and Trump voters voted by mail? It was two to one. It was about six, uh, 58% of Biden voters versus just under 30% of Trump voters. Yes, very interesting. So if there's an equal amount of fraud, then obviously that would be a two to one advantage still for Joe Biden. Okay, very interesting. Okay, so what are, let's go over some of the ways of fraud. So the first one, this one is the most concerning to me. This would be, Voting in a state where you're no longer a permanent resident. So 17% of mail-in voters in 2020 said they voted in a state where they're no longer a permanent resident. Give me a scenario of what that would look like. Okay, so let's say you lived in California and you moved in 2019. You're still on the voter roll in California. So when California did their universal mass mailing of ballots to all people on the voter rolls, that ballot went to that person's residence whoever happened to be at that person's residence in 2020 could very easily have just filled out the ballot and dropped it into a drop box or sent it back into the mail and, and illegally voted on behalf of that person. And it wasn't just California. So eight States have universal absentee mail, but once again, under the pandemic, several other States like Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan also did the mass mail in, uh, mass mailing of ballots to all people on their voter rolls. Insane. Okay. Can I make up another scenario? Let me know if, if I'm, if this is way off base. Uh, you live in Nevada. You've lived there for forever. Uh, COVID hits all the casinos shut down and you're like, well, there's nothing for me here. So I moved to, uh, I'm moving to Arizona, whatever. 
live with family in Arizona. You forward your mailing address because that's what you do, but you didn't change your voting registration. Like who does that? So uh, the ballot was mailed to you at your Nevada address and then forwarded to your Arizona address. And you just use that to vote, even though you don't live in Nevada anymore. Do you know what the laws are in these states about how long you have to be in a state in order to be considered a permanent resident or how long after you leave are you no longer a permanent resident? That, that's a good question. I don't have the exact answer, and I'm pretty sure that it varies by state. I think However, it's 30 days. Uh, 30 days. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds about right. But, but uh, you know, in many of those states, you had uh, people uh, who don't live there anymore still receive ballots at that resident, and we'll just never know what happened to those ballots. Before we get to the rest of this podcast, I wanted to let you know about two fantastic live podcasts Heartland produces every week. We'd love for you to join us every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central, live for our flagship In the Tank podcast. You can watch on the Stopping Socialism TV channel on YouTube, where you can participate in the show in the chat with other fans and also ask questions that we'll address on the air and put up on the screen. And every Friday, also at 1 p.m. Eastern and noon Central time, you can go to Heartland's main YouTube channel. Just search for the Heartland Institute on YouTube for Climate Change Roundtable. Heartland's climate team of Anthony Watts, Sterling Burnett, and Linnea Lucan cover the crazy climate news of the week, debunk mainstream media myths about the so-called climate crisis, dig into energy policy, and much more. The show also often features guests that include some of the leading climate scientists and energy policy experts anywhere in the world. There is no show like it anywhere. So become regular live viewers of both of these programs if you are interested in smart, lively, fun, and interactive conversations. We hope to see you there every Thursday and Friday afternoons at 1 p.m. Eastern and noon Central at the Stopping Socialism TV channel and the Heartland Institute channel on YouTube. Oh, yeah, we're also on Rumble. See you there. So yeah, I'm, think, I'm thinking of the scenario where someone does, they do get it. They get their ballot, but they just don't live there anymore. So it was forwarded to them somehow, and they vote anyway, even though they're not there anymore. But either way, 17% of mail-in voters admit and I think your argument earlier was that it could be even higher because why would you admit to that unless you did? And there is a yeah, reason we, why you would say you didn't when you did. So that's probably yeah, even we, higher. We, 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 think, we think that is a low number. We think that's a pretty conservative estimate, actually. Okay. <laughs> so are voted in a state where you're no longer permanent resident. So just to be clear, that's illegal, right? Oh, that is blatantly illegal. And, you know, one, one other uh, scenario that we think was probably very highly likely because this happened to a couple of the people who work at our uh, organization. Let's say uh, your, uh, your, your child is away at college, or let's say your, your spouse you know, is not as politically active as you are. You could so easily just take their ballot, you know, vote on behalf of them, sign, sign the ballot for them, and drop it in the you know, drop-off box. And once again, there's another vote. Yeah, of course, that one's easy. That's your next point. Let me, let me finish this one up though quick. Um... So is there a way to go back and check? So is there a way, is it, is it physically possible to go back and say, okay, we're going to go through the votes in Nevada and we're going to see what, where these people actually lived in November of 2020? Or is that not even a thing that's possible? I don't think that's possible. I, I remember in the, uh, in the weeks after the 2020 election, there were a bunch of uh, campaigns to do stuff like that. And, you know, they were, they were obviously, um, uh, not successful. 
uh, because it's it, it, it's so difficult to prove voter fraud. Voter fraud is not something you can easily prove because once those ballots are cast, you can't access them. You can't go back and match the ballots to the voters. Yeah, gosh. Okay, how about this? Uh, this is the one you just mentioned. 21% of mail-in voters admitted that they filled out a ballot for a friend or a family member. Okay, let's give the, uh, like, the like the most basic, uh, least nefarious example. Um, Slater, I don't, I don't know who the judges are in this race. Like you, like you're a political guy. Can you just, just tell me who to vote for and who, who to just, here, just you do it. You fill it out. Uh, is that illegal? Yes. Yes, that is illegal. You cannot have someone vote on your behalf, especially uh, on a mail-in ballot. Now there are, you know, uh, certain, uh, certain situations where if someone's infirm or if they're, you know, can't read or something like that. Of course, you can have someone assist you, but you cannot have someone vote on your behalf, especially because that requires a signature. Which is the next one. 17% of mail-in voters said they signed a ballot for a friend or family member with or without his or her permission. So this would be, uh, my wife's not politically active and uh, we've had the ballot sitting on the ballot on the counter all, all week and uh, she's at work or whatever. And I was like, oh, honey, we got to mail these in today. Let me just fill it out and I'll just sign your name real quick. Is that illegal? That's illegal. That's illegal. And uh, several states, once again, under the guise of the pandemic, did away with a signature verification. And now, obviously, signature verification is not the, the best way to verify uh, that the uh, you know, voter is who they say that they are, especially because if you think about it, if, if it's someone in your household, you could probably forge their signature you know, pretty closely. But states you know, went out of their way to do away with you know those mechanisms that are in place and have been in place you know forever to make sure that this does not happen which it would and you know you know what that tells me that tells me that they did this on purpose talking with chris talgo he's the executive director of the heartland institute who ran this survey it's on breitbart.com of course uh, real quick on uh, signatures i just happened to well i didn't happen to remember the uh, the mayor of boston she sent out that invitation for uh, a electeds of color only Christmas party. Yep. Anyways, I went to her Wikipedia page just to look. I just want to confirm that she went to Harvard and of course she did. And uh, on Wikipedia, sometimes they put up the people's signature. Uh, so I just noticed her signature. It's just two little squiggles. So yeah. I don't like there's been, just <laughs> no letters at all. No even semblance of a letter. Uh, so like, I don't know how you would ever verify that. So even the idea of verifying a signature is uh it's often an impossible task anyway. Um, but- yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure, for sure that, you know, it, 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 it's not 100%, uh, you know, guaranteed to, uh, to prevent uh, voter fraud, but there are, you know, cases that, you know, and, and when I, when I go to vote, uh, at least, you know, in years past, they did, uh, you know, check my signature on my voter registration card against the signature that I put in place in the book when I went to go poll, when I went to go vote. So, I mean, th- those are common sense measures, you know, even, even, you know, voter ID is just common sense, but the 2020 election was unlike any other in history, yet we're still always told it was the most safe and secure and you cannot question it. Yeah. That's the biggest joke of all, but the safest election in history. This is so, so just obviously not true. There's no way that could possibly be true. Um, it just, yeah, it, it, it defies the smell test. And, you know, one other thing, we did a, a second poll that we released a couple of days after this one, and uh, a, a very high percentage, 
of self-identified Democratic voters believe that any media personalities who said that the 2020 election was not on the up and up should lose their public platform speaking privileges. Wow. So that's, so there's, we can't like exiled from society. Right. Saying that the election wasn't secure. That's amazing. When they said the same thing in 2016 and when Trump wins in 2024, they're going to say the same thing again. Right. And, 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 and the, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember in, in 2000, they were saying the same thing. They were going crazy over, two, over the 2000 election. All right. So just to review here, because we have a few more, 17% of mail-in voters say they voted in a state where they're not a permanent resident. 21% said they filled out a ballot for a friend or a family member. 17% said they signed the ballot for a friend or a family member. How about this one? 8% of voters say they were offered pay or a reward for voting in 2020. These other scenarios you mentioned, I can, I can come up with a, like a pretty innocent sounding scenario. Uh, I don't even know what this one is. What does this look like? This one, this one is, is being paid to vote. This one, this one was the one that was probably the most shocking to me. And once again, this one is, is, is impossible to prove because who, who, who's, who's going to, after, you know, after they got just, uh, you know, paid to go vote, say, oh, by the way, you know, here's, here's, here's what went down. They're not going to do that. You know, this, this one was, you know, was, was quite shocking. Who, who's paying whom? I've never gotten offered to pay to vote. Who's who's doing that? Uh, So, so what, what they said was it was uh, uh, party operatives uh, or it was, you know, uh, people who are in uh, get out the vote campaigns. You know, (laughs) I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure that this happens more than we, you know, are aware of. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, especially in, uh, certain precincts, you know, I think that, you know, you can do that and you can get away with it. Okay. What, um, any other results from this poll that are noteworthy? I, the one that stands well, out to me again is the the no, no longer seventeen percent of mail-in voters so they didn't vote in a state they voted in a state where they're no longer a permanent resident. That, that of the four that we went over, that's the one that stands out to me. How about how about you? Anything else I'm missing? Well, I do just want to say that they were not mutually excuse, exclusive, so people could have engaged in multiple kinds of voter fraud. It wasn't that they just said we just did this one. So there is there's the possibility that they engaged in uh, you know several of these types of voter. Uh, fraud activities in the 2020 election. God, yeah, we never even talked about just going to a nursing home and just, you know, or right, right, uh, B- ballot harvesting. Yeah, and and my uh, the street I used to live on in California, uh, all the mailboxes were open. They were just uh, they were just like, uh, like boxes. I don't know, like usually you know you think of a mailbox and you got to open the door in the front and you put the mail. These were just like boxes where you put the mail in the top, and it's all just open. Like all the mailboxes were open. Uh, so, right. and then they just put ballots in them and I don't know yeah. what percentage of people vote like 40% or something. So you can very easily walk down the street and go yoink, 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 yoink. And most people wouldn't even know that a, a ballot was stolen from them because they don't care. They never voted anyway. So you can just vote for like a hundred people right there, just walking down the street. There were also a bunch of stories in, uh, in, in the months leading up to the election where, uh, ballots were found in ditches. I mean, just the the lack of security to have tens of millions of ballots go through the U.S. Postal Service, which does not have the greatest track record of success, I think is an invitation for fraud. Yeah. Okay. Now, all this being said, 
have any Republicans anywhere done anything to shore this up in any way? Yes, they have. Uh, Florida and Georgia, I think, are the two prime examples. Uh, right after the 2020 election, Florida took some uh, some great steps to make sure that uh, their vote, their uh, elections are, you know, of the utmost integrity. So one of the things they did is they uh, purged the voter rolls and you have to re-register to vote before the next election, which makes total sense. Mm. They also uh, banned ballot harvesting. Uh, they, they, you know, require ID and uh, they instituted or I should say reinstituted. Um, you have to have an excuse to vote by mail. Yeah, we did so in Wisconsin yeah. until 2020. Yeah, because some people, of course, need to vote by mail, you know, especially if someone's, you know, an overseas military figure or somebody. But for for the vast majority of uh, people, you know, it is so much better to vote in person, especially on Election Day, because look what happened in the 2020 election. We we didn't even know about the Hunter Biden laptop story until one week before the election. So so, you know, there 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 were surveys released afterwards that 17 percent of Democrat voters would have changed their vote just based on that alone. Yeah, yeah, that's that. This okay. So the way to resolve all of this, the the way to make it impossible to vote on for another person, is to require it in person. You have to go in a place with yourself and do it, like we've always right. done. Which is what the way we voted for for you know the past couple hundred years. And uh, one well, another question that we asked was. If if you uh, mail-in voting were to be banned, would you vote uh, in person? Ninety-four percent said yes. Uh-huh, okay, yeah. So yeah. So it's not like oh well, you know, this gives a more accurate because more people are are uh, are voting that normally otherwise wouldn't. So this is giving a more accurate representation of the electorate. No, 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 no. Those people would go vote anyway. All right. Of course they would. All right. Good. We needed those numbers. Uh, Really appreciate that. Chris Talgo, executive director of the Heartland Institute. Where can people read this poll and everything else you guys are doing? So go to heartland.org. We got the poll up there. And, uh, you know, President Trump uh, posted it on his Truth Social account. So, you know, we're, 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 we're happy that this is getting the attention it deserves. And, uh, you know, we are a public policy think tank. We're active in all the 50 states. And uh, we are going to make sure in January when the uh, state legislatures uh, reconvene that they put uh, election integrity at the top of the uh, docket. It's got, it's got to be. It's got to be. Chris Talgo, heartland.org. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. Well done. Uh, Trump said the most important poll released in the last 20 years came out yesterday, stating that 20% of the mail-in ballots in the presidential election were rigged or defective. This means the election was a giant scam. You cannot have a fair and honest election as long as there are mail-in ballots. It's true. Cheating will always be prevalent. France and many countries have stopped the madness. They stopped it, like, I think in 1978 they stopped. The Republican Party must do something now.